Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just chilling. Um, we are back. We are. With oh, another Zelda episode. Yeah. Uh, just uh, chilling here on this lazy Sunday and stoked to talk about some cartoons. <laughs> Yeah, I I fully feel that this is this is a lazy Sunday. Actually, I've even kind of got a little bit lax on my recording options here. I usually have like my door <laughs> closed and like everything. Like my door is wide open, so you might hear some kids or some birds or whatever. But like it's just it's kind of nice out. So whatever, roll tide. That's that's how I've been lately too. And there's a lot of like um, in like ambient real life audio going on right now so I, I don't know what's going on but hopefully it doesn't pick up too much into the podcast yeah you know what i feel like sometimes some of that stuff is nice you know yeah we're chilling here with our with our patrons you know yeah it's, absolutely you get you get some of the raw realness uh <laughs> yeah absolutely this is uh, of course a patron exclusive episode uh the Fifth episode in our Odyssey through the Legend of Zelda cartoon, and uh, the last couple episodes were just an absolute joy to behold, and this one is no different. Uh, let's get <laughs> right into the action here. This is episode five, Sing for the Unicorn, directed by John Grist, released October 6th, 1989. It, it hits me every time I say that, like, how old this is. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it's older than me, so that's that's something. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so before we get going with our Zelda episode here, we have yet another Mario skit. And I think that this one was maybe the best thing yet that we've seen, even like including Zelda, because it was so wild and random. I, I I didn't know what was going on. I was so confused. Like, I, I get the idea and what they were doing, but I was just so confused. Like, the... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so bizarre. It's not even. It's not even funny. Like the jokes aren't funny, uh, but they're just so strange and confusing <laughs> that it was interesting. I guess. So I guess we should mention too. I know a lot of people that are listening along with us are watching this on YouTube, like watching the series on YouTube. Pretty sure that this isn't available on YouTube. So like, this is a, a skit from the Mario shows that goes beforehand here, and like. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense, and it, uh, it it just defies all kind of logic and storytelling <laughs> symbionts. Yeah. So the brothers are in their apartment, and, like, this dude who looks like God wakes up. He's got this long white beard, long white hair. Um, he just, like, he just, like, wakes up. I, I don't even know where he was sleeping. He just, like, he comes out of their furnace or something, and he's, like, he's, yeah. like, guys, let's go and hit the town and find some ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's yeah they they are like oh did you come out of there because their furnace was like freaking out but i wasn't quite sure that he came out of the furnace it was really <laughs> strange <laughs> like they definitely uh, did they didn't they're like we don't have time like i would describe this episode as like um this segment as like jingling keys like they're like kids will <laughs> think this is funny it doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense oh man like just you know when i was watching this i was just like i bet you that if i did a tablet of ecstasy this would be awesome this would be so funny <laughs> and i'm like i'm trying to comprehend what's going on and i was like 
Fuck it. Don't even follow along. Basically, the only thing you need to know, this old guy popped out of the Mario Bros. furnace. His name is Fred. He thinks that it's 1929, and he's vacuuming up his long white beard. <laughs> it is down to the floor. It is that long. <laughs> he looks like Gandalf the White, but like even older. If possible, it it, sh- it should be noted too. The beard is very, it's very like you can just see it's just like a little fake beard strapped onto his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty awful. It's pretty awful, but also kind of awesome in a weird Mario Bros. show kind of way. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's our opening segment, <laughs> and <laughs> now we're ready for some Zelda. So now that we've really set the tone. We'll go and get into the episode proper. Sing for the unicorn, of course. You know what we got going on at the beginning of each Zelda episode. Excuse me, princess. XM number eight. Setting the table. Now, actually, hold on a second, Goo, because we had someone call us out on missing an XM not that long ago, didn't we? Yeah, I I think we might have missed one in the first episode. I don't know, though. I can't remember at this point. Oh man, I I just like I just remembered that, and I was like, should this be XM number nine? But you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna it's it's XM number eight. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, there'll just be an asterisk by it. That's fine. <laughs> we can we can have people uh, crawl back and and you know really analyze the series after for any missing XMs if they if they feel that we've done a bad job, which I mean we probably have. <laughs> this will but... be like uh, the um the like questioned the questioned uh, Ric Flair title reigns. Yes, the, the NWA title <laughs> reigns like maybe they happen, but they're not official. Who knows that you know the referees didn't call this one. Um, so this episode starts in just like vintage Zelda cartoon fashion with Link just like spying on Zelda from his balcony, <laughs> which I love. The, this episode started very <laughs> strong. <laughs> I think this actually this whole episode was like really really good. This might be the best one yet. I don't wow, know. okay. I I actually by the end of this I was kind of I was kind of tuned out because it became it became a more like straightforward like um you know whatever adventure 80s cartoon show like where it's like we're just fighting the bad guy which is like fun. It was, right. I enjoyed it, but compared to the like last two where it was like totally bonkers and totally bizarre you know, it, it just wasn't on that level. So for me, it was a little bit more like I got, I just I could, wasn't yeah, I as charmed, you know? I, I think it's because I'm sitting on my couch or whatever. Usually I kind of, when I watch movies and stuff for virtual theater, I'll, I'll watch it. But like, if something really big happens, I'll maybe pause so that I can collect a thought or two. And this one, I was just like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just watch this whole thing. And just kind of, I had a beer while I was watching it. Yeah. So I think that was like... That was a good way to do this episode. So for me, it was working. It goes down um, easy. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'd love when Link is being greasy and just like on his balcony checking out the Oh, princess. yeah. The beginning of this is just <laughs> top tier. <laughs> uh, so also, Big Daddy Ganon here is on what I mistakenly called for like the first half of this episode in my show notes here a Pegasus. Yeah, but no, to it's be fair, a winged unicorn. This is a Pegasus. <laughs> This yeah. thing, uh, it looks too pure for, for Ganon as well, which we, you know, we'll, we'll find Very out why suspect. later on. The moment of yeah. h- he flies out of the underworld on this thing, like, screaming, and that was also amazing. He's just like, ah! as he comes out of the ground, flying on this <laughs> thing. Fly, damn it, fly! <laughs> and 
it it starts off, it's so direct that I was like, I, I mean, I guess he's done this plan before where he just shows up, but I felt like, like, dang, this is going, like, real fast right away. Like, he's just raging out of the underworld. He's ready, he's ready to go. He's been, you know, these unicorns don't come along every day, I guess. Hey, you know what, this unicorn doesn't have a horn, does it? No, it does. Maybe it I just does. That. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Okay. That's, I think, what, di- I think Pegasus don't have horns well <laughs> so, unicorns don't have wings yeah that's they call it a winged unicorn a flying unicorn or something <laughs> there's there should there should be a term for this uh if you if you're a unicorn expert out there and know the differences between unicorns and pegasus you let us know at <laughs> virtual theater x um yeah you're you know what you were saying about direct this is my like hands down favorite line in this whole episode so, like, Link is spying on the princess, and then the king comes up, and he's just like, Link, what are you doing? And, like, Link, Link props to him. He's kind of greasy, but he also, he cannot tell a lie. He's just like, I was uh, just gonna swing in through your daughter's window and try to get her to kiss me. <laughs> just deadass tells the king. He's like, I want some tang from your daughter. I'm going for it. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> the king's down with that. Yeah. He's like, here, take some flowers. Um, you know, at least, uh, at least maybe he respected Link's honesty. Yeah, I guess the king, the king does, he seems like a little bit of a dummy too. It might just oh, be the absolutely. voice. He's just like, you're going to need these flowers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this dude is like the precursor to the king in the CDI games. Like they don't even look that different actually. Yeah, they... Well, because he kind of looks, I feel like one of the, I think it's Zelda 2, they kind of have a King Harkinian drawing, and I think they're drawing from that. So that's kind of the classic, the classic Zelda king. He's more of your, like, generic fantasy king-looking guy. He's a portly little fellow. The Sultan, <laughs> as I think you called him. <laughs> yes, the Sultan from Aladdin, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our, our boy Link, he's going into that, uh, he's going into the room, he brings Zelda flowers, and he's just about to get that good good, too, until something fucking happens again. The king is captured. Man, <laughs> our boy Link cannot catch a break. And I also think that it's funny how, like, kind of materialistic Zelda is about, like, giving kisses and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, that tickles me. Yeah, it... I, <laughs> I was starting to think, like, her care. I feel like her character has no specific direction or like motivation because <laughs> like one moment it's like wow link you're a disgusting piece of shit which seems like what it should be but then it's like oh wow you swung into my room with flowers like i i'm gonna kiss you <laughs> it's like kiss me i yeah she does she doesn't make any sense but that's that's fine this is fine um uh, also <laughs> another sick scene here so once the king gets captured link is is going after him and uh uh, he does this like spring vault off this dive board and does like a million flips in the air. He's he's going like a mile ahead in distance. Yeah. I was like, if this isn't Olympian shit, I don't know what is. He, he I feel like he t- he t- landed perfectly, took no damage. Like his he it must be the frog ability still. Like his hops are insane. Uh, that was truly something to behold, yeah. And if that's, you know, again, he should have just stayed as a frog. <laughs> he does this, well, he didn't need to, apparently, because he does, he does like, some crazy jumps, like, multiple times in this episode. 
uh, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff. Actually, there's some good stuff in this fight in particular. So Ganon is like a flying unicorn. He's got the king. Link's hanging on to his tail, and like Ganon shoots him off, and Link has this just like outstanding line. Looks like I'm about to drop out of the hero business. As he's falling to his death. <laughs> oh, I, God. God, that was good. <laughs> um, and then he 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 grabs onto like some flying enemies, but I didn't I didn't notice which ones they were. I think they were vires or something like that. The vires, like, yeah. Where you you remember how you like hit them and then they turn into like keys, you know? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of Olympian shit, man, Ganon shooting that those two sword beams and hitting them like from however far away he was—that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I love that. That he just like I guess they go back to the evil jar, but I I, I liked how he just was like, well, I got to kill my <laughs> my guys, you know. Sorry. Actually, another another just outstanding thing here is every time that Cannon is like he's like throwing sword beams or he's 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 fucking up Link. The king is just like that's not very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good shit. I, yeah, yeah. He's very thanks. concerned with the the etiquette. He's very polite about it too. Ganon, please. That's not very nice. Yeah, the king. He's a dope. Is what is clearly happening here. Uh, so Link is falling like a million miles to the ground, but Zelda uses that old Assassin's Creed hay barrel <laughs> trick to save him, and uh, everything is fine. And then, maybe for the absolute cherry on the cake here, uh, we get another XM number nine. Excuse me, princess. Actually, before that, though, is this amazing moment. Isn't he? He's like laying there, like passed out, like he's hurt or whatever. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I'm dying! Kiss need a kiss." <laughs> you. I was still. The dude was, is always thinking. <laughs> I was still on board there with like, like Link being a total slob. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you gotta hand it to Link. The dude is persistent. He goes after what he wants. Yeah, I don't know if you have to hand it to him, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, he is persistent anyways. It's, it's insane. It It is so... I, I don't know why, like, it's we're five episodes in, and I still think it is so bizarre that that is the choice for how, like, Link's personality would be. But, uh, I... I, I honestly wish that uh, they committed to it even more. <laughs> like, I just wish that, like, like everyone hated Link. <laughs> like, that would make it even better. <laughs> That's my pitch if they bring back, if they, like, make a new Zelda cartoon, is, like, Link is still a scumbag and uh, bothers everyone around him. <laughs> you know, I feel like so many people would be into a revival of this show. And, like, I guess that maybe that's not the, the link that Nintendo wants to portray to the world, but, like, get no. fun. Come on. I can always see, like, um, you remember, you remember that, like, how they would never do this, so it doesn't really matter. But you remember, like, all the, like, Adult Swim shows that would, like, repurpose old cartoons and make, like, new uh, ones yeah. out of them? Like, C-Lab or whatever. Like, that would be yeah. great if, like, they made a new Zelda cartoon, but, like... Like, make it like everyone is a shithead, you know? That would be awesome. Yeah. I would watch that. Maybe maybe that's something we have to do ourselves. Um, if you're an animator out there, <laughs> you want to work with virtual theater, hit us up. Um, but yeah, so we are... Uh, where are we here? Oh, the uh, we got our XM number nine, and uh, the king is captured, 
and uh, Zelda and Link are going to rescue him. And they, they run into those diaper things again from last episode. Do you remember? What are those again? The diaper things? things? That, they're like the big, like, Cyclops-looking thing, but they look like they're wearing oh, diapers. I think... That, well, they called them... Is this where they've gone underground, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, they called them tin suits, I think, in the one tin episode. Suits, yes. But in yes. this, they they act like Armos, because you touch the statues and they, they come to life. And also, by the way, Zelda touches them, like, immediately after Link says, don't touch them. He's like, which is good don't shit. touch the statue. And she's like, why not? <laughs> but it's also like, why would you? <laughs> I wouldn't touch those statues. Like, the little diaper things. You never know what's going to come down. Oh, no. But then they all get, like, knocked around. But then they so, like, blatantly hit all the rest of the statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff here. Uh, actually, and also... So Link, uh, I think Link gets like scooped up by one of their hands and Zelda has this like outstandingly awesome like backflip whips out the bow in midair combo. I was like, that ruled. That was so sick. Yeah, <laughs> that was good shit. Um, yeah. So we got a we got a fight scene and uh, Zelda's got some moves. Link's got some moves and uh, it just it looks like Link is about to, to finally get his due rewards. He, he has the princess. <laughs> He says, rescued you again, princess. Kiss me. And she's like, which actually hid the emphasis on kiss me was hilarious because Link like shouts it in her face. Ta-da! Saved you again. Kiss me. And Link is about <laughs> to. And then they fall into a goddamn pratfall full of Stalfos. <laughs> Trap door there. Yeah. There's something that they, I feel like they try to get this over in this episode because he says it twice. Like it's a new catchphrase, but it's just not as good where like the trap door opens up and he he goes uh like this always happens he says that earlier too like i think when uh he swings into a room he tries to kiss her and like something gets interrupted or something and he's like oh this always happens <laughs> just like that's i, I, I don't know that i'm gonna be on the lookout for that now this always happens this always happens he's I feel like it hasn't happened until this episode, but it's just weird he says it twice. It might just be laziness. It, it might not be a catchphrase <laughs> they're trying to get in, but, uh, you know, Link, I think Link, he could do with a secondary catchphrase. Why not? Kind of like a setup move to your finishing move. Yeah, he needs, you know, he's got the excuse me, you know, he needs, he needs a backup plan for sure. Um, so speaking of backup plans here, Goo, we are <laughs> we are in this cavern full of Stalfos, and uh, the the two of them are fighting off this pit full of Stalfos, and all of a sudden, this ninja lady comes out and uh, is 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 fucking up people around her, and is just about to throw down the flank, <laughs> and then they stop, and then the ninja lady takes off her her helmet or whatever, and she's they, like this. Hot- it's like Scooby Doo style. Actually, they capture her. Actually, and- yeah. <laughs> And they're like, let's that's, that's see good, who it that's is. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So she she's like this hot ninja under here, and Link is immediately, immediately is so all horny. over. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved this. It was just like so lame and ridiculous. I was like, yes. Yeah, Link Link can't cannot keep it under control. 
Not even like one little bit. They're in the and underworld. I was, I was sitting there just like roll tide, buddy. <laughs> the king has been kidnapped, and this is what he's going to. Uh, so Ninja Lady's name is Sing, and Ganon stole her unicorn. So we have uh, we've <laughs> had some pretty high stakes here. Is it? I think this is where I started to. I mean, I, we're almost like over halfway through. I mean, it's a short episode, but I started to lose it a little bit because I feel like each episode they're short and they each have like one sort of like gimmick, you know, that they, you know, it's like every cartoon where it's like Ganon does this this week. So like this week it could have been mm-hmm. this week's the episode where Ganon kidnaps the king, but now it's like. Ganon kidnaps the king and he stole a unicorn from someone who, you know, like she gets like this character of Singh doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> like She's just there. Uh, I don't think she has one line, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's and you can't even understand her. It's like some weird. She sounds like Sprite, but like they make it like gibberish, you know, like she's for like from some foreign land, you know. Um, Speaking of Sprite, we don't even see her this episode. I know. What's the deal? I don't know. That's that's some BS, if you ask me. Although I do like Sing, I gotta say. I but I think like... I just like Sing because Link is just <laughs> all over it. I just think we could have had a Sing episode, and we could have had a King is Kidnapped episode. Yeah, we probably could have. <laughs> Give Sing's, but... come on, character development. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a line. Pick apart this stupid kid show. <laughs> um what are what are the uh the daggers called that she has like Raphael has them too from teenage mutant Ninja turtles and size I can't remember their name size yeah <laughs> yeah sing size yeah this is this is uh like the beginning of that era of like the late 80s and early 90s where like every uh, like ki- kids were so into ninjas <laughs> Um, her size were, were pretty badass, too. They shot little energy beams. Yeah, there's, like, and there's, so there's a new bit of lore, I guess, here, because they shoot each other, Link shoots her, right. and she shoots him, and, like, they don't get zapped to the evil jar, so I guess only, like, monsters, I guess maybe only evil monsters, like Ganon and his minions, go to the jar. I, I kind of assumed this, and maybe I was wrong, too, but I assumed that, like, the, the creatures were created from the evil jar okay so that okay. when when they die they then are sent back into the evil jar into once they came you know what i'm saying so but this there's some deep lore here then potentially because ganon goes to the evil jar when he's zapped so does that mean he, he was cre- created from the evil jar that's kind of like the chicken and the egg like what came first ganon or the evil jar so maybe that is some, that's some pretty good stuff. <laughs> maybe he built the underworld to protect the evil jar. Because if they could just easily get to that, they could easily, if they destroyed it, Ganon could never come back. But not only that, <laughs> he couldn't keep summoning up, summoning up all these monsters and stuff too. Whoa! That's <laughs> what they should really be trying to do is getting to the evil jar because that's kind of like the you know that's like the one ring that keeps on letting Sauron come back time and time hmm. again. Yeah, I wonder, they should do an episode, because they've got, done plenty now where they're like, we gotta go to the Underworld, but they should do one where it's just like, we gotta take it to Ganon this time. Absolutely, that'd be badass. <laughs> that would be the revival that we need. Um, Alright, so let's let's finish this episode up here, because there's actually not really a whole lot left uh, once you know our heroes meet Sing. Um, they, uh, 
they get together, they're fighting Ganon and his, uh, his cronies, and uh, things are looking pretty bad for Link at one point, and all of a sudden, uh, Zelda hits Ganon with a boomerang, which de-energizes him. Yeah, so, yeah, that's cool, like a stun. That's a, that's a new term for our show so far. Again, some more lore, you know, they're <laughs> opening the world up. Yeah, yeah, you, you never know... You know, you never know what's going to happen if you get de-energized. I, like, I wonder if that just means maybe if Ganon was de-energized, that means that they could finish him off for good mm. or something. I don't know. Was this when they were they were fighting some Lynels, right? Yeah, there's a Lynel or two in here. That, that was kind of cool. One of them dropped a flute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I can't remember what they even used that flute for. They, I think they just use it at the end of the episode to, like, go home. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to, like have a more interesting use but instead they just play the old ocarina of time mario bros jingle but yeah he's just like ah magic flute this could come in handy later (laughs) actually yeah they uh, now that you uh, see this is why i usually make more notes so i can remember this shit because my memory is like a goldfish but like they they do play that that little jingle and it's like the classic um like do 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 which i actually thought didn't come until like a link to the past at the earliest no, yeah, no. I, I must have been wrong. Yeah, no, that's in, uh, I think it's first in, it's first in Zelda, yeah, in Zelda when you get the flute, the first Zelda game, and then it's in, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, when you get the warp whistle, it plays that tune, okay, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's a bit, it's a big throwback. It's kind of cool they made that the Ocarina of Time theme, you know? Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah, I, I guess I just, uh, it's hard for me to not remember that thinking Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's, that's like the song now but yeah pretty neat um yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the episode to be honest so they the de-energize ganon sing gets her her unicorn and rescues the king as the king is about to fall into this fiery death pit oh yeah sing got him and uh zelda and link are also they, they beat whoever they're fighting and everybody's all happy and they play the flute and they go home yeah that's the done done so yeah like sing is just like and I'm out, you know, so it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. The character is just uh, there for a I moment. I hope that we see Sing again. I'd love, to, I'd love to learn more about Sing. Yeah, let's get a Sing follow-up. <laughs> I do like the idea, there's a lot of like, you know, world, potential world-building opportunities that obviously aren't explored or whatever, but that are just cool, like thinking about lands beyond Hyrule and all this stuff. We don't really see that in a Zelda game, you know? Yeah, not a whole lot. Um, even to this day, really. No, no. So that's... Yeah, even in Breath of the Wild, it's it's just all in Hyrule. So, I don't know, it's kind of a cool concept. Um, and I did like... Another thing I liked was the uh, pit that the king was in the whole time. There's like this ticking clock element of their like trying to save the king before this pit opens up. It was really weird looking, but it was kind of cool... Anyway. It's kind of Austin Powers-y, because it was this circular room, <laughs> and the floor was opening from the middle and expanding. And, like, the king is such a buffoon that it gave me those vibes. I thought it was pretty funny. It also, yeah, it just, and it had the thing of, like, where Ganon just loves to, like, teleport around, because he just, like, <laughs> pops up, like, sideways on the wall to, like, scream at the king, which was kind of funny. Ha <laughs> I didn't see me there, did you, pal? <laughs> <laughs> but Ganon, even Ganon in this didn't have, like, a lot of amazing no. moments or lines. You know what? He, he didn't, actually. 
He didn't. Uh, not as not as memorable as some past episodes. I still liked it though, but I think now I, I kind of liked it. I'm realizing just because Link has some nice like dirtbag moments in here, and those <laughs> really those does. are easy for me. Those are easy for me to get excited about. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's been I guess the highlight of the show so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it when it's not Link being a dirtbag, it's Ganon being like you know Big Daddy Ganon, and uh, at least this, at Ganon. least this episode has dirtbag moments in it. Yeah, there's a decent amount. Um, okay, so speaking of world building here, we are we're done the episode here, but we're entering uh, bonus level territory. We're oh. back <laughs> to the to the Mario Bros, and I I still don't really understand what's happening here. Fred is is here, and like I don't know, they're arguing about like. I think Mario's pulling pranks on him and, no, and like s- stuff. Mario's like got him in his suspenders and he's like giving him oh yeah his right. shirt and they they have this whole joke because Mario gave him like a dirty shirt because he he's like let's take him out to I don't know take him out on the town but it's all he's like what do you call this piece of art on his shirt and he's like that I call like meatball stain and that I call spaghetti <laughs> sauce and that I call mustard. And then Luigi and Mario, Luigi takes him aside and he's like, come on, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta like take care of him. We gotta show him how the world works. It's just so strange. What the fuck? Yeah. I I also contend that they had spaghetti sauce and meatballs in 1929. I'm just saying. Yeah. He's very confused by a button up shirt with food stains on it. (laughs) Like the idea, I... I don't know if we explained it totally right, but the idea is he's supposed to be like whatever Rip Van Winkle or whatever, but he's Fred Van Winkle where he like slept forever. So like the idea is he's supposed to like not understand 80s culture or something, but it's like, I don't know. (laughs) It's just so weird. It makes no fucking sense at all. And eventually... He's just like, I'm going to go take a nap. Wake me up in 1997. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Very And strange. then it ended. I think and another big part of this comedy, I'm sure for people, not people at the time, this this just isn't funny. But um, like in the last, the last one where we had the live action segment, it had Moon Zappa or whatever. Uh, right. In this one, whatever Fred, whatever was played by, um, no, his name's Norman Fell, and he was. Uh, do you do you know the show Three's Company? Uh, I know the name, but if you ask me anything about it, I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's from a show like in the seventies, but he was he was one of the main characters on that. So like, or maybe it's from the eighties. I don't remember. Um, okay, late seventies, early eighties. So, like, at the time, maybe he's more of a recognizable figure, so maybe that's just what's funny about it, is like, oh, look, they got this guy in here, but it's just so, it's just nonsense. It, yeah, like, honestly, if, if you were on acid, this would probably rule, but if you're not, <laughs> I think it's just so, like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, and, it's, it's a head-scratcher. And that's how we leave uh, episode number five with uh, our buddy Fred taking a nap and wanting to wake up in 1997. Yeah. Oh, good year. No, you know what? Then they cut, though, and uh, like the credits are kind of rolling and 
Captain Lou, Mario, and and Norman here are like doing a little dance, and they're like, "Thanks for watching, and don't forget to do the Mario." That's <laughs> like okay. <laughs> they weren't I, I doing the Mario, by the way. They they weren't swing. Well, maybe they were. I'm I'm not totally sure. Maybe there's different interpretations on how you do the Mario. You know, I uh, I didn't watch the credits, but I was listening to the song like "Do the Mario," and I must have missed this guy in there because I uh, I, I think I once it was done, I was like, oh, I'm fuck done. This. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the episode really ended when they fluted home. You know, the Mario stuff was just I don't know why this was included. <laughs> like, I I don't yeah I don't understand why they've included just two. Maybe that's just all they could find, but. I feel like that show still exists like you can watch it on like streaming services and stuff so i don't know why they didn't just have all the mario segments and it's also cut weird like there are moments where unless this is how they aired it but where it feels like there's a couple more seconds where it's supposed to like fade to commercial or something but instead they just like abruptly cut it i don't know i don't understand i feel like that's probably just how they shot it um yeah, I don't. It, it is weird that like, like why would you include the Mario stuff on some of them and not all of them or on any of them? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like maybe, I think, for a better package, they could have either included everything, like not not like the other Mario episodes, but just include all the skits and everything, or yeah. just just include the Zelda stuff. You know, like I, I don't know why they didn't do one or the other it's questionable for sure <laughs> and uh yeah the, the entire segment was questionable but i had a good time watching it i'm not gonna lie that it was so bizarre that i i kind of loved it even though it was like truly truly awful it was you know what it was probably not much worse than um the moon zappa one but i i think i just i was just it has grown a little bit tired for me <laughs> like oh, this I, I, the moon zappa one was kind of funny i thought oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but for me just like the gimmick of like all the sound effects and all that stuff is i don't know it, it I, there's still it could still come back around you know what i mean it'd be funny again but i just wasn't i just wasn't feeling it today <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty sure that there is at least one more episode on our um, Zelda disc that has another Mario like intro and outro on it. So uh, we're Sweet. not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still looking forward to it. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for episode five of the Legend of Zelda cartoon. Sing for the unicorn. Uh, to all of our patrons, thank you so much for checking us out and uh, supporting the show. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you are. Uh, enjoying these bonus episodes um, of course check us out over on twitter at virtual theater x and you can check us out at spateri 316 and at gooey fame uh, if you're listening to this you probably already know the rest of the uh the outro so i won't go there um but just to say thank you yet again for supporting virtual theater and we will be back with episode number six uh, that sinking feeling next time so looking forward to that <laughs>